I um I wanted to say, and I just said it. We really should try hard not to say um this entire podcast because we're gonna say it sometimes, but just like not four times within one sentence <laughs> is the issue. Right. So like if you think you're gonna say it, just pause. Just, just don't. Instead, just don't. Exactly. If you think you're gonna do it, just don't. Um. <laughs> like I just said, um. <laughs> immediately out of the gate um shit <laughs> i can't stop this isn't even a joke this isn't a bit i'm cody and i'm an addict <laughs> i'm addicted to saying um oh god um okay we can say um sometimes <laughs> it's just you can't say it you all mean, the time you mean times you're right times because you can't say um and People listening to this don't even know what we're talking about because I edit out like 80% of the ums in the podcast. Then why are we even having this conversation? Because it's banter. So Carrie and I are... um getting ready to train for a half marathon that we're going to run in November, and we scheduled out when we needed to start, and we thought we had to start on July 9th, but we realized we scheduled it out wrong, and we have to start next week, and I'm terrified. <laughs> it's your, it was your choice. Yeah, yeah, You have to deal with it. Yep. <laughs> You're like, gonna... no, it was her choice. <laughs> well, at this point, I'm not really even completely certain that it's gonna happen right because we're running around disney world oh god uh, oh it's not till november i did a 5k with Kristen. that it was an online 5k so pretty much you put in and said i'm gonna do the 5k and they mailed you like the medal for yeah it, a virtual one yeah a real medal yeah but you had to um it was like the honor system of doing the 5K. Yeah. And it drove me insane that like I had to do the 5K because like if I have the medal for it and I didn't do the 5K and then someone sees the medal and is like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You did this like 5K for Leia Organa of Alderaan. And I was like, no, it would be really awkward. <laughs> I can't remember what the actual like thing was but it was yeah it, it was, had to do was, with like carrie fisher oh it wasn't the star wars one i don't think it was a star wars was it through one. disney no no oh, okay it wasn't it was because disney had a because disney had a star wars virtual marathon i'm all for 5ks you don't have to train for a 5k you just have to literally not sit around 100 percent of the time which actually right now has been what i've been doing for months right so I don't know how you go from being, which, I mean, you guys both have jobs where you're on your feet a lot. So right. you do a lot of moving around and walking. Is this so like run, the schedule? You're showing me the schedule on an audio for, medium? Yes, for the training. You okay. run three days a week. For example, um, week one, <clears throat> the first day you run a mile and a half. The second day you run a mile and a half. And the third day you run two miles. And so it you know it goes on and on. But... Let's say by week 18, your short runs are five miles and your long run is 12 miles. You know, who has the time? 
That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> eventually, it's be tough. Eventually, your short run is like a quarter marathon, and your and your long run is the half marathon. Yeah, the twentieth week. Day one is four miles, day two is three miles, and day three is 13.1 miles, which is the race. I was going to say, and it's 26.2 is a marathon, right? Right. right. I, I think that, you know, a half marathon, it just doesn't have the same spirit as that original marathon that was run. Like, well, if you're going like, to do half of it... It's got half the spirit. It's got half the spirit. That's actually completely right. <laughs> and this one's got all the spirit... Oh, God. okay. Well, he's showing me that it seems to be... I actually don't even get the... Oh, d- does it say wickedly delicious? Yeah, but it says wine and dine. Get it? Spirit. Okay, so spirits. Yes, okay. He's showing me, again, on a on an audio medium, an audio format, he's showing me something that no one else can see. But pretty much his pun was completely visual in that sense. Yeah. Well, um, here's something else that's really cool. Watch this. Um, I'm going to do some handstand push-ups. Okay. Look at this. One hand. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. How do you even train for that, but you're nervous about doing a half marathon? Oh, I can do shoulders all day. Seriously? Okay, well, come back to the mic, and you don't have to keep doing that. Well, I'll just record the whole podcast while I'm doing one-armed handstand push-ups. What's wild is you still sound great, even though you're completely away from the microphone doing the push-ups. Yeah, that's how in shape I am. Wow. I bet everyone believed that. Sorry. Just took a you're sip a of water. You're winded after that? Yeah, just took a sip of water. going to catch my breath. How'd you take the sip of water when you said that you were going to keep doing that the whole podcast? That's how in shape I am. <laughs> oh, God. I will say, hey, again, no one will notice because I edit out the ums anyway, but we've already done a better job than I was expecting. <laughs> um, All you have to do is just not do it. And what have you been watching? Honestly, we're now, we've now started our fourth run of Parks and Rec. You <laughs> 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 just can't get enough of that show. And then I've also been watching Gallery, the Mandalorian thing on Disney Plus. Since the last time that we talked about it, I've watched one more episode. What was that episode? Technology. Okay, that was a great episode. It was to incredible. Me. And um they also have another episode that is practical effects. Yes, and that one was great as well. Is it just all Baby Yoda? A good portion of it, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's I amazing bet. to me how I know they added CGI to it, like, because right. that's just how it works. But, like, y- they probably didn't have to do much. The puppetry is that good. Right. And my favorite part of the whole thing, you'll get to it, is Werner Herzog talking about Baby Yoda. He, <laughs> he just has a little moment where he just talks about it. I could have watched an entire episode just of <laughs> Werner Herzog talking about Baby Yoda. Almost like uh, the end of the second episode when uh, Dave Filoni is talking about what Star okay. Wars. Okay, we like, talked about that. He's talking about like the episode one or something like that. Yes, and how, and how it, it goes all the way to episode six. Yeah. And y- you told me about that on the last episode of the podcast, and I've since watched it now. Right. And that episode felt a little bit to me and Kristen like the episode was dragging a little bit, kind of throughout. And then it got to that moment, and uh-huh. I was 
I mean, we were engrossed in what right. he was saying. He clearly, Dave Filoni clearly knows everything about Star Wars. Yeah. Like, you could sit and listen to him and just get nugget after nugget because he was just talking about the Duel of the Fates in Episode One, the Darth Maul lightsaber battle, right? And how that's his favorite because of the stakes and how it's the Duel of the Fates because the fate of Anakin's life is at stake, right? Will if Qui Gon lives, he might not become Darth Vader in the end, right? But Qui Gon dies, and now you know how the rest of the story plays out. And when he said. Obi-Wan was always a brother to Anakin, but he was never a father. Right. That blew my mind. (laughs) And the whole talk went on and it ended. And Kristen looks at me and says, so Dave Filoni absolutely hates the sequel trilogy, right? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. 100%. He had to have been involved. I don't know that, like, the way he talked about it, he kept, like, making a point to be, like, one through six is, like, a perfect story arc. And one through six is, like, and then it's, like, I just imagine, like, what about seven? And him just being, like, (sighs) (laughs) well, it takes everything that six did and just completely ruins it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we'll just talk about that one day when we have some sort of Star Wars episode. Yeah. All right. um, So... I'm going to introduce the podcast because I always forget to. You don't know what I've to. been watching? So his his question of what I've been watching was just a setup so that he can tell me what he's been watching. No, I'm just kidding, Matt. What have you been watching? I do want to know. Nothing. Bring it on. All or nothing cheerathon on ABC Family. Uh, just nothing. No, we're watching Haunting of Hell House for the second time. Ugh. I I love that show. <laughs> it it might be like my favorite show on Netflix, but it's hard to say since there's only been it's just a one season one off yeah. thing. But that and Mindhunter are like But Haunting of Hill House, I know that they're gonna make a second season that's like a completely new story. Yeah, Bly Manor. Um Right. And I'm not gonna get super hyped for it because, you know, the first season was so perfectly done but at the same time the director and like i guess showrunner mike flanagan has continually done good work did you see dr sleep no and i want to i heard it was really good i did too and i i saw hush which he did before um hell house i believe and that was a really cool twist on like a home invasion movie but he's done something else recently, I thought. Maybe it was just Dr. Sleep. He did the sequel to that Ouija movie. <laughs> Which I'm sure was incredible. I heard, I heard it was good. I heard it was better than the first one. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> the one person I know who saw it said it was pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, knowing me, I pretty much like anything put in front of me, so I probably would have liked it. <laughs> We watched the two storms last night, so I'm just like Oof. hyped up and on the high of that episode. Oh yeah, I could be on the high of that episode. I'm gonna get it off of you. It's gonna be a contact high <laughs> of the two storms episode because that I remember watching it the first time, and I remember saying like, "Is this one take? Is this shot just going one take right now?" Um, it's and almost then, sixteen and then, minutes. Right, and then the next, and then it goes into the next part and cuts. And then starts, like, another one. And I was like, oh, 
my god, yeah. this episode is five shots. Well, I, I was counting them as we were watching it last night, and I think it ends up being somewhere around 10 or 11 shots. But because at, at the end, they break it. Right, at the end, they're switching back and forth between time mm-hmm. um, quite a bit, pretty rapidly. But other right. than other than that, there's like maybe five or six. It's just, they do such a great job because like, obviously a one take shot is like a gimmick that people like to do. And sometimes it kind of can take away from it because you're so aware of the camera. And so it just pulls you right out of the story. And that episode did not do that. Like, obviously, I realized, oh, it's one take and I'm aware of the camera. But they filmed it in such a way that it just felt like just the couple hours or whatever that each thing took place in. Like, it felt like you needed to feel the realness of the time passing. Mm Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening to today's episode on the uh, sixth episode of a Netflix series that came out two years ago. Yeah, which is definitely the best episode in a technical sense, but I wouldn't even say is the best episode of the know, season. That so, lady episode yes, is incredible. So if you haven't seen that show, <laughs> watch it. So welcome to Let's Run That Back. Back, back, We're, back. We're back, 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 back again. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. We might have just had to pay someone. Today, we are going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about an older movie, one that I've seen a couple times. I don't know how many times you've seen it. Watching it the other day, I realized I don't think I had ever sat and watched it from start to finish. Wow. Pretty much, we chose to watch American Graffiti. From 1973, directed by George Lucas, and starring some people that at the time were more unknown actors, but have since become some of the most famous actors in Hollywood, especially at the time. And this is considered oh, some of like, their breakout Phillips? movie. No, not Mackenzie Phillips. Of so weird fame. Was she, was she the mom in So Weird? Yeah. Was the little Get girl. out of here. She was the mom in So Weird? Yeah. Do you know that she was... First off, I actually like her in So Weird. I was watching So Weird on Disney Plus recently, <laughs> and I thought the acting was not bad. Um, and it's crazy that she was actually like 12 years old in American Graffiti. Yeah. That's wild. She was born the same year as Dad. Dad used to tell me while we were watching So Weird. I guess her mom was in the Mamas and the Papas. Mama Cass died from eating a ham sandwich or something. I don't. Think, oh, I vaguely Mackenzie remember him. Phillips' mom was right, was you're right, saying yeah in real life. That would be wild if that's true. I um, vaguely remember Dad saying something. I would that. love it if that was just one of those things Dad just made up for no reason you and then heard you a just frog believed it. Cry. <laughs> so pretty much now we've mentioned our dad a couple times. We're watching this because Father's Day is this Sunday. And we happen to know that this is one of his favorite movies. Right. So we wanted to do an episode on one of his favorite movies for Father's Day. And uh, I'm going to say, that's not going to stop me from being a little critical of it if I want to be. But, it, like I said, directed by George Lucas, this was before Star Wars came out. So that makes it so when you look up reviews for this movie, it's a bunch of hilarious people being like, Oh man, this guy's pretty good. I wonder what he did next. I swear to God, like every review is saying that. <laughs> and everyone thinks and, uh, they're so clever. They're the first Everyone to think thinks of they're it. hilarious. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to keep an eye on this George Lucas guy. I bet his next one will be pretty good. I bet you he'll make one good movie. 
Hey, oh right, he didn't dir- he didn't direct five and six. But oh, he did direct Lucas. one, two, and three. He directed the hell out of those movies, <laughs> right into the ground. <laughs> Again, save that for the Star Wars episodes. The, if we even do a Star Wars episode, maybe May fourth of next year. Pretty much, it's American Graffiti. It was starring Richard Dreyfuss, Ron Howard. Um, Charles Martin me. Smith, Paul Lamatt. Excuse what? me. It was starring Ronnie Howard. I'm very sorry. Is that what it said in the opening credits was it Ronnie did. Howard? Yes. That's amazing. I did not see that. Also starring Candy Clark, Mackenzie Phillips, Cindy Williams, and Wolfman Jack as himself. Among others, of course. Grab a popsicle, It was popsicle, written by kid. George... <laughs> Just take the popsicle. <laughs> we'll get into Popsicle Gate later on, but... It was written by George Lucas and then also written by Willard Hook, it looks like, and Gloria Katz. I think that what happened is that Willard and Gloria wrote their own draft and then George Lucas wrote a draft off of that or vice versa, something like that. So the movie came out in 1973, but it takes place in 1962. It's based on George Lucas's hometown, pretty much, his high school experience, and I will say it was interesting watching it. Um, it's obviously a very specific place and a very specific per- people um, living in 1962. And so it's interesting with everything going on in the news and the Black Lives Matter stuff at the forefront, imagining this kind of a movie with like, you know, in different towns and what it could look like with other people. And so obviously this is supposed to be a very specific place and a very specific time. And apparently... George Lucas based even like the characters off like different parts of him growing up in this time because I didn't know this like I knew that George Lucas liked cars and stuff but I didn't know like he also like raced cars and stuff kind of like Milner in the movie Mm -hmm. and I always since people always say like it's almost like Luke is George Lucas in the Star Wars movies right I always just imagine him more as the as the Toad character in the movie, <laughs> but I guess that's another part of him. Right. What did you think of the movie? I Just off the bat. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't realize, like I said, I think this is the first time that I ever sat and watched it from start to finish. Right. Um, but super, super simple plot. Yes. It, I was smiling the whole time. You know what I mean? I like that it's, that time and place, or that, I like that place in time. It's like, it's almost a little bit like how I was referencing like a time capsule of like specifically like George Lucas's kind of life in 1962. And so it's interesting to see like just a nostalgic look back at a time period Right. From someone that like lived that specific life, pretty much. Right, and well, and with I all really the music and everything. Go ahead. Yeah, I really like the parallels of the the. For, you gotta forgive me. I, I'm not gonna remember the characters' names. Um, okay. But the Ron Howard character and the Steve. and the um, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus character. Kurt. Yeah, Steve and Kurt. I really like the parallels of how they each start on opposite ends of the spectrum right. and kind of go through their plot lines and their stories and, and end up Cross. where the other one started. Right. And, and that's, I've always liked Kurt's storyline and Milner's storyline probably like the most. 
and watching it this time, I don't know if it's just that I'm a little older or something, but obviously, first off, obviously, we're going to just talk spoilers. That's how we do it every time, um, and we're going to kind of jump around, but jump, pretty jump, much... Jump around. <laughs> now we have to pay someone else. Pretty much, like, the movie is seen as, like, this nostalgic, like, movie that's, like, you know, teenagers living out um, a night in their lives. I never really noticed how for a lot of the characters there is kind of like a little bit of like a sad theme to the storyline. Really most of the characters. And it almost feels like it's subtly put in there without you really noticing as you're like hyped up by the music and the cars and the excitement of the night and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. I liked that, you know, Milner's the cool guy that drag races and, and is unbeatable and everything. But you can tell there's a sadness to him that he feels like he's a little bit placed out of time and he's like losing it. Well, what I got from Milner's, you know, arc was he kind of realized, you know, that that's all he has. And there's not really, Mm -hmm. eventually he's not going to be the fastest guy. And then what is he? It's almost like a, like a, you peaked in high school kind of thing. Right. Like he literally reached like the coolest he could get. Right. And it's all downhill from here. And I, I just liked that um, at the end when he when he wins the race because the other guy crashes, but he, like, knows that he was going to lose the race. Right, right. And then also on the other end, uh, you have the, the Toad character who's, like, kind of the loser the whole time and everything, and he starts out kind of the loser that no one wants to go out with, and at the end, like, he has a good night, and the girl he was with has a good night, but in the end, he still ends up alone and kind of feeling like he still can't really get the girl right and that was an interesting choice to have you have steve who thinks he's going to be the cool like masculine like i know what i want and i'm in charge and everything right and throughout the movie he realizes that he's always been scared to do things his whole life and he's trying to be someone he's not pretty much Mm -hmm. and realizes that he needs to rethink that and stay back so it's like the only one that kind of has more of an uplifting i guess you could say ending is the richard dreyfus character of kurt who starts off on the like kind of like sad beginning of not Mm -hmm. feeling like it's worth him leaving right and then realizing that there is more of a life out there than this one city street right and i just liked all of that and it kind of ruins it at the end um that they only give you the like what happened next for the guy characters because i'm also interested in what happened to the girls that we saw the whole movie as well well that's i was endings are super like depressing kind of that's what i was kind of wondering like are all those characters like i don't know aspects of george lucas's personality because then how does one of his personality aspects get hit by a drunk driver like i don't or were they real people that he grew up with? That could be. I just think it's more like George Lucas was a nerd in, in high school. He was also someone that tinkered with cars and liked racing. He was also someone that... But then why did... include what happened to them after the movie? That's a weird choice in general. <laughs> like, I think if you're going to do it, commit to it and show us what happened to all the characters, not just these four guys. Well, the four and guys also... were the main characters kind of but like steve and Lori were together the entire story so she had just as much of an arc as him Mm. and whoever the um 
I, I, I don't know the names either. of. E I'm looking at the cast list. That's why I knew the other ones, but I don't know who each person was. I know Mackenzie Phillips was Carol. And so Debbie was the one that the Toad picked up. They were together all night. Mackenzie Phillips was with Milner all night. They had yeah. just as much screen time the whole time. I know that, like, the movie was made. George Lucas clearly made the movie about the four guys, but I'm just saying if you're going to have that at the end, then also show the other characters that we've been with the whole time at the that, end. That didn't bother me so much. I bet. And then also the fact that they put that in when Kristen said she like came in and out of the movie and she had seen it before years ago. But at the end, when it came up, she was like, are these like based on real people? Like, is this like a true story? Right. I was like, no. And she was like, then why would they have that? I was like, I guess technically like the Sandlot has that. And I don't know if it's like supposed to make it feel more yeah, like maybe it was he, a real story. Maybe he based it on the Sandlot. That's what I was thinking. No, obviously not. But maybe he was trying to make it feel like it was more of real people and this really happened. But then also you're going to have the one guy that chooses to go out to college, just become a writer in Canada like that. It all <laughs> yeah, made no sense. So weird. <laughs> And so there were things like that that were kind of like iffy. And then I liked the way, like the style they decided to shoot it, but it also felt real simple and like nothing like really crazy about it. You well, know what I mean? It felt kind of like a documentary in a way. So it, it really drove home the, hey, this is just kind of a night, a night in the life of these kids. Which is a cool like thing to do. Um I mean, I'm sure it, it was just, also you know, motivated by budget and, and resources. It, it does blow my mind. This is kind of a random thing that Francis Ford Coppola produced this movie. And yeah, I, well, they I were friends. Read that, they went to right, I've read that together. that was a thing that really kept the studio on board, was that Francis Ford Coppola was going to produce it right after The Godfather. Right. And it's still also just an incredible thing to me that the studio didn't know how to market it because there were just unknown actors in it. And, well, and it's just weird to think about that nowadays. And, and there's no, I shouldn't say there's no story, but it's like such a subtle story that yeah. like if you're thinking about cutting together a trailer or right. you're thinking about, all right, what do I put on the poster? Like, it makes sense that they had the guy, like, the Mad TV, or not Mad TV, Mad Magazine guy, just, yeah. like, draw the poster. Because there right. wasn't and really much in the movie to market. You could, like, show just shots of, like, a diner with, like, music and stuff, but then you're going to miss out on the nuance of just how just nothing happens in the movie. Well, and that's not going to accurately portray, right? you know, what's what's going on. It's either going to look really boring about. or look too overhyped right. in a way. Right. Was there anything you didn't like about the movie? I'm sure there was. Let me think. <laughs> I already kind of talked about a couple things that like were a little just bothersome to me. And then also, I felt like I like Kurt's story, but the entire sequence with like the pharaohs kind of felt like... It like out felt just weirdly out of place in the rest of the movie, and I couldn't even tell if it would be something like he wa he would want to be a pharaoh at the end because like he kind of seemed like he had fun with it and everything, or if it was just kind of he was just trying to get out of the situation. Well, you know, I don't know. Like I, it felt kind of clear to me that the girl in the white thunderbird. Like, mm -hmm. didn't really exist. It was like yes, a figment yes. of his imagination. I so agree. I'm, 
I'm wondering how much of his storyline was just like him daydreaming. That's a really good point. And and I will say my favorite thing about the movie is the way that he keeps not being able to catch the white thunderbird. Right. And I I think you know what? Thank you for bringing that up because now I'm reminded of what my favorite thing about the movie is which is something that is a favorite for me with any George Lucas movie is the visual storytelling Mm -hmm. it's like when the characters start talking in a George Lucas movie it can sometimes start getting shaky and like fall apart a little bit Mm -hmm. but what he's showing you visually usually is really cool and like really moves the story along and I just loved how when you're following Kurt's story, like everything that happened, you would still somehow see that white T-bird go by and him miss it. And then at the very end of the movie, him flying away and you seeing the white Thunderbird driving the same path and him just looking at it and thinking to himself, like, you know, it's like he didn't want to leave the town he was in. And the thing he was chasing the whole time was this unattainable thing to keep him here. Right. And so at the end, he chooses to just leave. I don't need it. And it's unattainable. And to have that car driving with him, kind of showing they're going in the same direction, it was really great and really well told visually. Right. We're kind of bouncing around a little bit here. Of course. Yeah, that's fine. One thing that really stood out to me, and maybe this is really how it was. Right. But the... (laughs) I can't, I can't fathom it in 2020. Right. That's how they would just like pull up on the side of the road and be like, hey, get in my car. <laughs> like random would strangers would just get in the car. Yeah. Well, and it, like even um, just them stopping at stoplights and like switching cars and like right. stopping at stoplights and switching seats in the car. and. Well, that I can see. But like, hey, I don't want to hang out with my 12-year-old sister, so I'm going to pawn her off on this random yes. guy. That, this, <laughs> this random car. guy that's like that's like trying to get us to like have sex with him. Let's right. give him the 12-year-old. Right. Yeah, that that was really strange. And also, I, I was thinking it was really funny because in that scene where they the other car throws the water balloon into Milner's car and it just hits Carol right in the face. Right. First off, I read that it was supposed to hit the window next to her, and she mm-hmm. was supposed to get mad. That was what was scripted. But it hit her in the face, and she, like, laughed, and they, like, kept that take. But then they retaliate by completely taking all the air out of their yeah, tires. I was going to say, did they flatten the tires? <laughs> yes. It was such an overreaction to it. Like, it, I was like, oh, it's fun. They're going to smear the shaving cream. And then Milner flattened their <laughs> tires. I was like, "Jeez!" I mean, it was still hilarious, right? But and then they drive away, and the and the people are stuck there. And I'm like, "Well, that's the end of their night right. driving around." But they'll just flag down some random car and get in that one, right? So I guess well, it hey, matter. at least their rear axle didn't get ripped off like the police. Which I always think of. There was a Mythbusters episode where they tested, could you rip a rear axle off a car? And if I'm remembering correctly, no, you could not rip the (laughs) rear axle off the car. But I just always think of that. Yeah, of course. And so, I mean, 
part of the joy of the movie to me was just kind of the scenes where they were just having fun, just doing random shit. Right. And and that's kind of what the whole movie is. It's just like random things happening the whole time. And the ways that they would sometimes cross over here and there, but mm-hmm. not really ever like a lot. Right. Until the very end. Like Milner talks to Kurt Kurt like two times in the entire movie. Right. So that that is really cool. And and, and it, it's clear that this kind of movie was one of the first ones to do it and then it became like a style to like the coming of age kind of create a coming of age day in the life movie with tons of music and the soundtrack from the time period and like things like that Mm -hmm. either way did you think of anything you didn't like in the time that we've been talking about things we liked (laughs) (laughs) um not really i mean ron howard gets kind of whiny but he's he's, in this movie (laughs) But I just mean his voice and the, his, the delivery of his dialogue. Yeah. But he's kind of the same thing in Happy Days. and That's uh, just Ron Howard. Well, and Luke does the same thing in Star Wars. So maybe it's George Lucas. Yes, George Lucas likes it. Now I'm just imagining Ron Howard like, I wanted to go to Tashi Station. Get some power converters. <laughs> I do know that um, that also it's it's interesting i guess we we should talk about it because i feel like everyone talks about it so maybe we shouldn't talk about it but harrison ford obviously is in this movie and he was you know in other things before this but pretty much unknown Mm -hmm. and i just loved reading some trivia on him that they apparently offered him 485 dollars a day and i like thinking about this as harrison ford not being the famous harrison ford a week maybe yeah sorry and him saying, no, I don't make that. I, I make more than that as a carpenter. I'm not taking that. And so they, they upped it, and, and he took the role. And, I mean, just keep thinking. Like, he's literally a no a no one at this point. Mm-hmm. They say, we want you to cut your hair for the role. He says, I'm barely in the movie. I'm not cutting my hair. Right. It's like, okay. It's just <laughs> like Harrison Ford was himself from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has not changed. <laughs> And of course he was memorable in the movie. Otherwise, like how does he how do you pick him out to become, you know, Han Solo later right. on? Right. Strange that he had like a southern accent that that like pulled me <laughs> for a second. I was like, is he doing an accent? <laughs> and not a particularly and, good one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then I will also say if we're just talking about actors for a second, that Richard Dreyfus, I think, is just really great in right. this movie. He's just such a like it's it's really a subtle performance where it, it really just the the performances really happen mostly for him when he's just sitting thinking, not really like talking or doing mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And he just su- does such a great job that I can see people watching this and being like this guy's going to be big. Right. Going well, forward. I I saw obviously in the credits that Richard Dreyfuss was in the movie, but I figure they're all so young. The only person I'm going to recognize is Ron Howard and Harrison Ford. Ronnie Howard. Right, Ronnie Howard. Um, and I'm watching, I'm going, this Kurt, this guy playing Kurt is really good. Oh. <laughs> That's Richard Dreyfuss. Right. Because he does, he's, when he's in Jaws, he does look kind of different because he's a little bit scragglier and stuff. But he still, he just looks like a younger version of himself in like Close right. Encounters or something. But right. I, I do think he was just fantastic. So let's, let's talk about... Um, what we would rate this out of five stars. Okay. It's an older movie. I, I'll i just go first because I, I don't like going second. 
I, I feel like I would probably give this one three and a half out of five because mm-hmm. I, I think it does a lot of good stuff. And I think some of it, um, some of it doesn't hold up as well as maybe when it was made. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the, the shooting style. Like even if it was a choice, maybe it's just not a choice that I super liked. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, it's a really good movie obviously not a perfect movie and i didn't want to over inflate the score just because i know that dad likes the movie so much <laughs> i i think i would go five stars i'm i'm having i'm having no a way. hard time think picking you know something out that i don't like maybe you should watch it a few more times <laughs> <laughs> i'm having a hard time picking out anything negative oh boy okay that's i mean that's your opinion that's fine i had a blast watching it Okay, so obviously you would recommend the movie. Absolutely. I would recommend the movie. It honestly if anything as like film history because yeah. the, I I think I do think a lot there are a good amount of people that I feel like watch this under the eye of George Lucas right. made it. And I think that's a good thing and it's a bad thing because when you're comparing it to like you know, episode 4 of Star Wars, the only other thing you have to compare it to is Star Wars. Yeah. And that's it's kind of an unfair right. bar to to measure it by. But um, if you're looking at it also as just like, you know, I, I wish we could see another movie like this from George Lucas. Now right. he, it doesn't seem like he's really making movies anymore, so right. I don't think we'll ever see it. But it would have been cool to see him. But, you know, I think Throwing he just ball. loved Star Wars so much that it, that's all he wanted to do once it was going. Right. I will say this is of the movies that I've watched in the last week, week and a half. This is the most recently made one. You've been watching a lot of old movies. Yeah, I bought a Hitchcock collection. <laughs> okay, and so let me see. Did uh, you could have gone? Diff- I was gonna guess I what only, order you've been watching them in. So I, I've only either, watched. We've only watched two movies out of let the me collection guess yet. Let me guess them. Okay, you're gonna get because I know the collection is probably Psycho, Vertigo, Rear Window, North by Northwest, and The Birds. North by Northwest is not in it. Really? Yeah. Okay, then I'm gonna go with you watched Vertigo. Nope. You didn't. Nope. Psycho and The Birds. Nope. nope. Wow. <laughs> Dial M for murder. Nope. Did you watch Notorious? Nope. That one's not in it either. I can't find that movie anywhere. I love that movie. Rope. Rope is one of them. You watched Rope because you watched Two Storms. (laughs) (laughs) No, I watched Rope while we were getting our new AC installed. Okay. Okay. So you watched Rope. And then there was another one that I watched with Carrie and Mom and Dad while we were down south. Was it Rear Window? It was not Rear Window. Now at this point, I've named like all the famous Hitchcock <laughs> movies. I mean, I know I'm missing, you know, right. something. The man who knew too much. Nope, I is love that, that a Hitchcock one too. Movie? That is, I'm, I'm trying to get Carrie to watch it. This is kind of fun. We should do <laughs> we should do something like this yeah. more often on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I like this. Everyone listening is like, oh shit! I was thinking, I hate this. I hope they don't do this more often on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's our podcast. We get to do what we want. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm actually blanking on Hitchcock movies. I mean, you've named several of them. 
I, well, okay, that's true. I, <laughs> I'm blanking on more Hitchcock movies. Rebecca. No. That's that's a Hitchcock movie as well, right? Yeah. yeah. This is going to sound so cool because I'm going to cut out all this dead silence and it's going to make it seem like <laughs> you just, I'm like no so mom. fast. I'm like, this is a Hitchcock movie. This is a Hitchcock movie. Okay, I'm only going to guess one more. I just have to think of one more. Okay. And the one you watched with mom and dad, it was on this collection. Correct. I can't think of one other Hitchcock movie. This is bothering me so much, but you're you're going to have to tell me. And and I'm going to hate it that you told me. Shadow of a Doubt. Ugh. The one with Uncle Charlie. Have you not seen that one? I haven't seen that one, so oh, I, I wouldn't have guessed it. it. But I know the title watch of the movie, it. so I yeah. should have been able to figure it out. Because I haven't seen a lot of the movies that I just <sighs> named. Right. You're going to have saying. to come over, and we're going to have some Hitchcock days. All right. Well, hey, that's all we got for you this time. I hope that was enough. Uh, this is Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And I feel like we didn't really do that entire full intro at the beginning. But you know what? We said the name of the podcast, and that's enough for me. So have a good one, and happy Father's Day to our dad. Bye.